This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. That should be good. Hello, America. It is election day. Uh, I just voted. Everybody on the team has voted. Tonight, our election coverage, the conservative movement beyond the numbers, election coverage that you will not find anyplace else, mainly because there's Jack Daniels on the set. Um, But we'll give you all of the details tonight and also what we know today There's one critical state that is no longer, I believe, in play and one state that is in play that I don't think anybody saw. We'll give you those numbers and talk a little Nostradamus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I watched the special on the History Channel last night. With with one caveat, I'll give that to you coming up right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome. Glad you're here. Um, I want to I want to share with you an, a New York Times op-ed piece from Frank Luntz today uh, because I think it has a lot of the answers that we are uh, seeking. I mean, the first line starts with, we're living through the Thelma and Louise election, and it doesn't work out in the end. Um, and I think that's kind of how we all feel. I mean, I've never lived through an election where so many people are tweeting and sending me pictures of meteorites saying, boy, I wish this happened today. <laughs> um, I just voted. It wasn't as hard for me as I thought. Did anybody walk into the voting booth and, and have that, that moment that I thought I might have? Oh, nope. I Oh, I? No. I, I voted with such vigor. <laughs> I, I mean, I emphatically I see, I entered those letters that uh, spelled I, out somebody else's name. No, I didn't. I just, I was just confident, and I just wrote the name. And Yours wasn't up at the top? No, surprisingly, huh? I went paper ballot because of what you guys said. You went paper ballot? Oh, yeah. you did? Yeah, I could do paper ballot where I was, so I just oh. wrote it in. I didn't have to... You know, nope. use the phone key to be able to... I don't think that's to... even an option in our... No, I don't think like so. Oh, well, not Maybe. all of us live in, you know, the areas where you guys... The areas with electricity? Yeah, no, not everyone does. That's <laughs> uh, true. But they do have the plugs at our polling places, yeah. so... Do you vote, Jeffy? Yeah. Did you? Uh, How was your experience? You, you don't have to tell us who you voted for. I'm not going to. Wow, who did you vote for? A chance. I'm telling you, my vote is my personal... Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I'm, I'm going to open the Jack Daniels, and we're going to pour it down your throat until you tell us. <laughs> you need a lot more oh, than he that. To... <laughs> you only have one I know, I've called Jack Daniels. I've called him. By the way, do you know how Jack Daniels died? No. I mean, I would guess alcoholism, but I don't. No. 
Jack Daniels, Jack Daniels died by, I love this story. He went up into the distillery where he was working and he was trying to put some stuff into the safe and he had this old safe and he couldn't get it open. And so he kicked it. He was like in a, in a fit of anger. Yeah, he kicked the, sta- the safe. It broke his it broke his toes. He got infection and he died of what? Gangrene. Yeah. You'd think poor little Jack on the foot, man. No doubt. Burn that infection out. What a lovable story. I can see how much you would why you adore it. So <laughs> Hey, he died of gangrene. <laughs> <laughs> the guy almost ruined my life. Hey, well, it was okay. his fault, not mine. No, of course. He was there pouring it down my throat. Anyway. They could be liberated. Uh so you're you're not gonna you're, will you just tell us was it hard? No, no, not even for me. I mean, hello, it doesn't, it's voting. It's not a difficult... No, I didn't mean, like, did you have a hard time sounding out words? Wow. Listen to him. What is he hiding? He He, voted for Hillary, didn't he? No, I, 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 well, I mean, I think, I don't know if he wants to tell us. I I think we know what he did. What did he do? And he's, I didn't know what he did last summer. He's being evasive. I don't, I don't know why. And I don't want to push him into something he doesn't want to do. No, I, you, don't, you don't want to Just know. Just mouth it to me. Who did he vote for? I'm asking. Do, uh, you guys know? You guys, I know. You yes, know. we know. You know. We know. Why are you being so evasive? Because he's weird. He's a weird guy. Just he like is. he has a weird thing with his... There are no... I don't have, I don't have any little children here that yeah, will go do. your way or yeah, anything, you so... Yeah. You, do. <laughs> you do. Yeah. He's sensitive about don't certain worry. things. Yes. Uh, his age... Mm-hmm. Which he will not divulge even the decade in which he was born. But we we all know it was in the early 1800s. <laughs> At some point. We don't uh, know the exact year. He won't divulge. There's some weird thing about his feet. His feet. And then the voting thing. What's the weird thing about his feet? So, I don't know. Well, I don't how, know do you get, how do you get into the all-important foot fetish part of your relationship? We we're we're going to have him do something on Pat and Stu, right? Yeah, we, he had like was involved stunt with him taking off. He, it was, he had to take off his shoes and his socks at some point. And he was not going to happen. Now, like, Jeffy is someone... out about it. I mean, like, like, last feet are weird. Feet are weird. Very personal. I don't know. That's, uh, that's an interesting observation. But, I mean, this is a guy who <laughs> will do almost anything. We, we, we've poured in ten different kinds of food and mixed them up, and he eats them. We mm-hmm. sent him to Chick-fil-A... Uh, addressed as a cow to and get a free sandwich, except we just sent him like himself. We didn't make him dress up. Because, because that was enough looks, of a cow. He just looks like a cow. If you dressed up as a cow, you got a free sandwich. And amazingly, they just gave me one. They just gave him one. Because, <laughs> you know, he's, I mean, Jeffy, you think we'd walk through anything, but there's those three things. Yeah. I don't, his age, his feet, and his vote. Mm-hmm. He's really weird about those. Sensitive about those. I think it's because he didn't, well, I don't know. Okay, so do you guys want to hear some? Uh, you guys want to hear some uh, some early numbers from inside the campaign? I would like to hear that. Yes. Okay, so um, it looks like Michigan may be in play today. Um, it is the, just what we talked about yesterday. Those blue collar workers, Michigan may be in play. It would be something that you should watch. Maybe it's uh, resonating that he's going to make the automakers come back from Mexico. Maybe it's it might, resonating with. It might. I mean, they're just tired. The people are just. They're tired of hearing the same lies over and over again. So they thought they'd try something different, I think. Um, it looks like Florida is not necessarily in play. Looks like that is going to Clinton. Ohio will... Wait, Florida's going to Clinton? Mm-hmm. Internal polling? You're showing that because I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, it's a pure toss-up as far as the public polling is going. I know. Um, but, I mean, it, Michigan means nothing if you lose Florida. I know. So, I mean, so I, I, I would... Michigan, Michigan, I, I mean, uh, 
Florida probably by if he two. Loses, if he loses Florida, it's over really That's early. his home state. Yeah, really early. Uh, it, it looks like South Carolina is too close. I'm uh, sorry, North Carolina is too close to call. Mm-hmm. New Hampshire is also too close to call. Which is um, good for Trump. Uh, yeah, if North Carolina... If North Carolina goes to Trump, uh, word is we keep the Senate. It's going to be close, but mm. insiders are saying that we're going to keep the Senate today. That's Kelly A. Uh, yep. Uh, and um, oh, and I, you know, you were just on the phone with this insider, and this this is a legitimate like this is not just some like hey, my name is Bill, and I'm an intern. On the Gary Johnson campaign, and here's no, no, what we no. think this is going to happen. This is like a this is uh, this highest is, level, yes, absolutely internal um, stuff, and uh, so uh, and so that's interesting because I mean the, now the internal polls are wrong as well sometimes. Oh yeah, my gosh, the internal uh, this polls. This was the same guy I think who told us right before yes the Romney yes uh, thing he yes. was going to lose yeah yep right um, yep. Because we thought we all were like feeling good about it going yeah. into the election. We're like, it's we're a all, point away. I was a point not. away. I was you not. were not. You I was were not. Little black Glenn and I out. really yeah. thought he was going to yep. win. He was going to pull it out. Yep. And then this, this person told us, mm, this no, person who is yeah. in trouble. He <laughs> yeah. said he's win. not going not to win. And we're like, you're crazy. What? You're nuts. You're going to look stupid after this. If you were famous, everybody would know your name. Instead, everybody knows our name, and uh, we look stupid. But um, but, uh, but someone I can't remember it was a reporter, and I wish I, I wish I had saved it. But uh, they ha- they got a hold of the final email from the Romney campaign's internal polling to all the big players in the Romney campaign, and what their internal polls showed going into the, the election day, two thousand twelve, and basically what it showed was Romney was winning that election. I mean, they believe they were winning like Pennsylvania and Michigan and New Hampshire and yeah. all of these things. And, you know, theirs was a really rosy. Well, I will yeah. tell you, I will tell you that um, the 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 players today, both the Democrats and the Republicans, believe that um, they, they the Senate is still in play, but it looks like it may go towards the Republicans that the House obviously is the House, uh, and that Hillary walks away but close. Mm. That's, what they, that's what they're believing. And, and you can see it. If you look at the Drudge Report today, it's interesting. When you know why headlines are put up sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting. There are like four or five stories on how this is going to be a rigged Feds up. fear of hacking false information. Right. Uh, shut up. Uh, it's, it's quite amazing because, you know, this is... This is very easily explainable um, in geopolitical uh, terms. The, the reason why Russia is so intent um, uh, on this election is twofold. One, the petty reason, and I'll give that to you second, but I think it does play a role, especially in this. The bigger reason is, if you remember right, we've been talking about Dugan since 1999. And he's the guy who said they're gonna, the United States is going to break up into five different areas. And he's really kind of spelled it out pretty well um, and said it will break up and it, it, will, um, it, it will start an, really an internal civil war. But it will not be north versus south. It will not be um, the way it is always split you know, Republicans or Democrats, North versus South. He said it'll be neighbor against neighbor, and it will split five ways. 
The reason in 1999 he said that would happen is because he's also on record saying, we know we have operatives there and we are pushing it that direction. Um, So one, Russia using WikiLeaks and Russia Today uh, and now many useful idiots that don't know or don't care that they're being used by Russia, the people who were against WikiLeaks at the beginning and now are for WikiLeaks and Julian Assange. What are those? Um, yeah, they, a lot of those. And those who understood who Putin was forever, but now 48% who are voting for Donald Trump believe that Putin is our friend. He is not our friend. Yeah. He is not our friend. Some of the same people that were defending Romney when... when Obama said the 1980s called and they want their policies back. Yeah. When he was talking about Russia Romney being was right. the biggest threat. And right. he, of course he was right. right. And everybody knew he was right. And so and they now are. all of a sudden those people have backed off. Right. So Putin is trying to correct what he says is the biggest mistake of the 20th century. And that is the collapse of the former Soviet Union and the uh, heralding of the Western world and capitalism and freedom, as, as he calls it, uh, uh, libertarian or uh, uh, um, liberalism, Western liberalism. So that's what's happening. But the petty side is when he won his last election, Hillary Clinton made a statement that said the election was rigged and it had been stolen. And he was really upset at that. So he's accomplishing two things. By, say, by, by planting the seeds, and I was talking to military, a guy who works for us that was former military um, intelligence, and he said, Glenn, I guarantee you, very soon, you will see, either from WikiLeaks or it will just come out, that the NSA or someone else was involved in rigging this election. He said, you'll, I guarantee it. Uh, and this guy is usually pretty right on his. He's the guy who helped me figure out what happened in Benghazi. And we were spot on with Benghazi. Um, So I believe that they think there's a chance, but they are preparing for the loss. And if if indeed that does happen, I want to believe that Donald Trump tonight will concede, but it won't matter um, because it's going to be close either way. And either way, He's not going to go away, and this will play, he will play a role, and the alt-right will play a role in politics for a long time. If she loses, I hope she concedes, too, um, because, I, you know, oh, we've, yeah. seen, we've seen in the past that that's not always the uh, first instinct of Democrats. Because she yes. didn't answer that question at the debate, either. Uh, she didn't ask. She wasn't said, asked. I'm not going to answer it right now, and then she jumped in and said, this is ridiculous, this is insane, and then she said, all he does is every time something doesn't go his way, it's rigged. So she didn't say whether she was going to accept well, but yeah, it. I mean, you're right, but she also will look really bad. I mean, you look, it's not going to... I have learned one thing. I've really learned one thing in the last year. Because I, I really stopped watching Fox. I, can't, I just couldn't take it anymore. Um, and I've, 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 I'm reading, you know, the Daily Wire. I'm uh, reading Red State. I'm reading um, different sources. But that is pulling me um, in one direction where I would have been the whole time. The whole time. A year ago, I would have been there the whole time. 
but I'm also trying to understand the left, and I've learned something very critical about both of us in doing that, really critical, and we don't heal the country unless we recognize this on both sides. And I do believe that the left has a chance. I wouldn't have believed it a year ago, but I do believe they have a chance of getting it. We have a better chance of getting it, but it's, boy, it's going to be by the skin of our teeth that we pull this off. I'll explain that coming up in just a second. I also um, want to uh, uh, share with you uh, the latest numbers around. I also want to share with you... um, an, an editorial today that I read this morning that I think is what we all need to hear, both the left and the right, because Stu is exactly right. I hope she also, um, if, she, if she loses, what is she, how is she going to do it? How is the left going to respond? It requires all of us to put our anger away tomorrow. We should mention, though, but uh, that Trump leads by seven votes so far. In oh, the yeah. voting oh, that we're a, aware of, is that by uh, seven votes? Knock or what is that's that? The, that's notch. Yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah. The yeah, overnight three, voting in yeah. in New Hampshire. Three towns that do it. It's a really cool tradition. I, it like. I like it too. Yeah. I like it. Uh, now, this gun sales are growing at an incredible rate. If you own guns, protect them in a Liberty Safe. I have a Liberty Safe at home. We put the things of value inside of them, and not just guns. We put all kinds of rare items in there. But you know what? Honestly. The most important things that we have in there, I mean, well, you know, some of the stuff from George Washington is irreplaceable, yes, but also the things of our, of our family, uh, the, the, the things that mean nothing to anyone but us, the pictures. You know, your house burns down. In a Liberty Safe, most likely they're going to be completely fine. Uh, your, your house is picked, you know, picked up in a, in a tornado. Most likely everything inside is going to be okay. Somebody tries to break in, they're not getting into a Liberty Safe. Go to a Liberty Safe uh, dealer right now. They're making 500 safes a day right here in America, and you can save $250 off when you buy a Liberty Safe. At LibertySafe.com, use the promo code BACK. Discounts are automatic, and a matching mail-in rebate is also being offered right now. LibertySafe.com. Remember to type in BACK and you get that special. It's LibertySafe.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This, this is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. 
If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. Hey, I was watching the Nostradamus special last night on History Channel, and my wife came in and she said, what is this? Do we have to watch this for work? And I'm like, no, it's, but they, you know, it's Nostradamus, and he's made some predictions here about this election. And she's like, really? And I'm like, you can turn it off if you want. And she did. And I missed the last 15 minutes. And so I don't know. He apparently was supposed to say which one was going to win tonight. So anybody who watched the Nostradamus special last night, call in because I, I want to know who did he say was going to win. I'm not sure what quatrain he wrote it in. Or... I don't care. I just want to know which he one. He said somebody named Dump was going to win. <laughs> it was always like, he's he never got it right. Letter off. He's always a letter Donald, or two off. Tonald Dump. Well, he has to write that way. He had to write that way back in that day. I know, I know. Had to. So wait, why, do you, was there any credibility to this as you were watching? Actually, you know, when I was watching it, what was fascinating to me was he did say, and, and they're tying it to this election, and I don't know, you know, they you got to read. Everything, I know. I know. But there were some specific things that were amazing. One was a brutal man, um, a man who spends too much time, uh, too much attention to women or something like that, um, ang- will anger people, will brawl, likes to brawl. Um, will run and will call, will falsely call this a rigged election. That's a quote. Falsely call it a rigged election. On the other side? The other side, he will run against the queen <laughs> whose papers will be stolen and the names and the places will be removed from them. Mm. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Mm. Pretty amazing. All right. I want to tell you what I learned, and I want to hear from you if you watch the Nostradamus thing, 888-727-BECK. But I want to tell you what I learned over the last year that is critical if we're going to move forward and actually move the conservative agenda ahead. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. I want to talk to you about a couple of things. One, and I'm going to go into this a little um, more deeply uh, as we as we continue in the week and the months ahead. But the one thing that I have learned uh, through this is because I've stopped watching Fox. I've 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 changed the websites that I read. um, And, uh, you know, I've in some ways I've gone deeper into uh, the conservative websites uh, and look for the ones that really actually have a conservative agenda. 
And then I have uh, stayed away from the hyper-partisan stuff. But then on the other side, on the, on the left, I've been trying to understand them, and I've been trying to listen to them, and I've been trying to read. I want my goal in 2017 is to be able to be able to sit down with people I truly disagree with and have them say, you don't even know who I am. And I can say to them, yes, you believe X, Y, and Z, and this is why, and this is where you're headed. And I want them to be able to say to me, wow, okay, yes, you're right. When I can get to that moment with people, then we can have a real conversation. But... I don't think I can do that with people. I don't think I can repeat back what they believe. So I'm, I want to read what they're reading. By doing that, I have noticed that we truly live in two different Americas. You live in the America that is the conservative talk radio America, which is really, truly an echo chamber because it does not cross out of our world. We... We cross into their world all the time. We watch CNN. We watch ABC. We watch NBC. Now, we may not watch MSNBC, but we see the mainstream media. We are affected by the New York Times, whether you know it or not, because the New York Times sets the table for most newspapers and mainstream media all around the country. So they really, truly affect everything that we read, whether you're conservative or not, unless you're a complete information isolationist, which most of us are not, but we're becoming that way, whether we know it or not, through Facebook. So as I'm reading these things, I realize it is not agenda, for the most part, it is not agenda as much as it is they truly have never encountered this opinion before. They have no, they hear one thing and they don't understand the background of how we got there. And it's because, for instance, you read the left-wing media right now. You're not going to find anything about Hillary Clinton and Benghazi except how that is just old and tired. You're not going to really read about uh, what uh, Snowden released in great detail. You'll get surface. Instead, what you'll read is all of the puff pieces, and you'll also read all of the negative. But when you read the negatives, you will only hear about the truly conspiratorial things that the, you know, the Alex Jones of the world believe. And so they, they're tying that directly to the things that are not conspiratorial. And that's the way they view the world. And it is, some of it is agenda, but some of it for the main, for the, for the average person who is just working is not trying to avoid the mainstream media, not trying to really sort things out, doesn't try to read things that support their agenda. The average person does not hear our point of view ever in a reasonable way. And that's because we, we do not cross over. BuzzFeed, for instance, you'll read stuff about, you know, 20 different ways this rainbow frog has made you happy. Right next to a story about how great Hillary Clinton is 
and right next to a story about 12 ways your boyfriend is really saying he wants more sex without saying it, which is right next to an anti-Trump conspiratorial story. We don't have that crossover. Our intellectual arguments do not cross over into the mainstream hardly ever. And so they don't know us at all. And I contend we don't know them. And all we're doing with our media, Breitbart, uh, uh, Drudge, even to some extent, The Blaze has done this in the past and, and, and only to some extent. We are trying to cover our tribe. Well, that's important. But unless you grow beyond your tribe, it's not going to make a difference. We're only reinforcing ourselves and we are unknowingly dividing ourselves. It's why I've been trying to go out and meet with people like the New York Times. When the New York Times, and I believe, I believe this is going to happen. The New York Times is trying to broaden its appeal because of market forces. But I also believe some of the people at the very head, the top, the people who are, who are possibly going to be leading the New York Times in the future, I believe they have a broader vision. And they don't want to be viewed as the liberal rag. Since they, when, though? I mean, I think in the last a really new thing. It is. It is. And I think you're seeing it with yesterday with Bill Maher. On Friday, we played that audio yesterday. Yeah. Bill Maher said, hey... Uh, you know, liberals, we've been crying wolf. We've been crying wolf. We've been wrong. And we better admit that we said, you know, Mitt Romney would destroy us. And he said, I put a million dollars of my own money into Barack Obama to defeat Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney wouldn't have affected my life that much. What was I thinking? That's huge. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Pat, I came in this morning. Do you mind if I share what you said to me? No, no. So this morning I come in and Pat says, I can't believe, and I'm I honestly did believe, but I'm kind of upset at myself that I believed that if Barack Obama was elected, it would end the country. I, I think we all kind of were there. We were. Because Stu, Stu's usually a little more reserved. Yeah. I, I, I was there. I really thought that, and, and he has done significant damage. We won't damage. make yes. it to 2016. He's done significant damage, but we didn't think we'd make it this far. You know what? Under a Barack Obama administration. You know what's crazy is the left right now is reporting one thing that is untrue. Um, and I'd love to show you, and I will um, show you the back and forth uh, of the um, thing where, where, what is it, the New Yorker is reporting that I am supporting Black Lives Matter. I, I am not supporting Black Lives Matter. I met with their fact checkers on Friday to make sure that they understood I do not support Black Lives Matter. I support people and listening to the people but not the manifest or their kill the cops stuff um uh but they're also reporting something else that i said and that is that barack obama made me a better man now you've said that a million times i've said it a million times but they won't Nothing new but it is to them and they will not publish the why. Why, yeah. And that's important. Yeah. It's, it's the message it that I... It sound like his presidency has been so good, you've flourished and become right. a better person as a result. No, it, what it is is the same thing. The message that I want to give you today, there is no king but God. 
And if we try to serve him and not do what John Roberts did as the Supreme Court, Supreme Court, John Roberts was either blackmailed, which I hope is not true, I don't think is true, or most likely he triangulated. And he's like, okay, well, I can't be remembered that. And if I do this, then that will happen. And then this will happen. And stop it. Do what you know is true and let the chips fall where they may. Do what is decent and is right. And if you happen to be on the receiving end of whatever, that's okay. You are not promised uh, uh, a sweet life. You are promised a life that will be worth living in the end if you stay true to your principles. So, um, So if we do that, if we understand that in the end, no matter how you vote today, God's in charge. No matter who wins today, God's in charge. We have gone through civil wars. We have gone through economic collapse. You know, the Great Depression was not the first one. The reason why the Fed was brought in in the first place is because we had massive depressions about every 10 to 20 years. Every 10 to 20 years, everybody would pretty much lose everything. And then a year and 18 months later, it would start roaring forward again. And people wanted that to stop. They didn't like the unpredictability of it. But look at what that unpredictability did for us. Look at those lows and those highs. Those lows burned out all of the old imperfections. And the highs allowed us to invent new technology and new ways of doing things. So we wanted to have the Fed. Well, the Fed did its job and we got the Great Depression. Instead of ending 12 to 18 months, we lasted almost 15 years in a depression because you can't stop the forces of nature. But what, did, what have all of those depressions done for us? What have all of the wars done for us? What did World War II do to us? It produced the greatest American generation. It produced the greatest time for expansion, economic expansion, the world has ever seen. So even while we were, th- were thinking that we were going to lose to evil, even though we, we had lost millions of Americans and hundreds of millions of people, it is now reflected on the darkest time in our lifetimes or in the last 150 years and the brightest time. The Civil War was the darkest time in American history. But it is also the time that produced Abraham Lincoln and the greatest, one of the most proud moments of our country's history. A time where people rallied together and said, this is wrong. And yes, if I have to lose my life to free a a fellow human being, I will do it. Whatever happens tomorrow, no matter who is in charge, if we follow, I'm sorry, I know this isn't commercial, but if we follow Christ, if we follow the teaching, you don't even have to believe in in him as the son of God. As a great teacher, you follow his teachings. If we can do that, 
we are going to see the greatest time period our country has ever seen because we'll pull ourselves out of that darkness. And now this, blinds.com. Picking out new blinds and installing them can seem intimidating and quite honestly, getting me to go with my wife to the blind section at one of the home uh, improvement stores is, I mean, I'd rather have a root canal. But if you have a screwdriver and a measuring tape at home, you can replace your broken or dated blinds and install new custom blinds from blinds.com that fast. Pat, Stu, and I have all used blinds.com. Tanya and I used a design consultant who was a very big help. Um, It's intimidating when you have to look at something and you're like, I don't know, I think that will look good. To be able to just take FaceTime and, you know, take a picture even of your, of your room or just FaceTime with a design consultant and say, hey, here's the room, here's the house. We want to have them on this, this, and this. And then they're like, okay, I want to make sure the color I have it right. Um, you know, can you send me that color or can you, can you tell me exactly what color that is? And then they match everything and it comes out perfectly. It is the easiest thing you've ever done. Get made-to-order custom blinds, shades, shutters, drapes, without paying the custom prices only at blinds.com. And now through November 21st, you can buy three blinds and get the fourth blind free. Go to blinds.com, promo code BECK, get the special offer, buy three blinds, the fourth is free, only at blinds.com, promo code BECK. Rules and restrictions do apply. Blinds.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Hello, America, and welcome to the program. Uh, NATO has placed 300,000 troops on high alert in readiness for confrontation with Russia. Um, I I think we are looking, I hope not, but I said this a few years ago, that we are are entering World War III and we just don't know it. It's not being fought with bullets yet. Um, But I think we are entering that time. It, It feels like the election of, what was it, 1916? Uh, where Woodrow Wilson said, we're not going to get involved in that. Don't worry about that war. We're going to keep you out of it. And then within 18 months, the world was at war, and we were deep into World War II, or World War I. Yeah, it was- I, I just, I, I worry about what's happening with Russia, and we should pay attention to that. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to play for you, coming up in a little while, um, the best moment <laughs> from any political speech the I've heard The 80s called. Yet. <laughs> they want their foreign policy back. <laughs> yes. I got you again. Oh, man, I nailed you on that one. You really... Oh, man. You, what, you, what, you watching Rock, Rocky Four? I mean, what, <laughs> Russia? <laughs> just, uh, at least you know they're still not the Soviet Union. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I just, I can't believe how... How many people that look? fought against... Mitt Romney, <clears throat> Mitt Romney on the left now would give their right arm for Mitt Romney. Oh, I mean, Bill Maher right there. I mean, uh, yeah. the guy who donated a million dollars so he wouldn't stop him job is now saying. How many people on the right would give their left arm or the right arm? 
for Mitt Romney. Right? But I mean, you look at you look at the people on the left. You can go back and look at the primary, and they a lot of them were saying, you know, Trump. I'm much less scared of Trump than I am of Marco Rubio. Uh, Ted Cruz would be much worse president than uh, than Donald Trump would be. And I'm sure in four years, whoever the president, uh, you know, nom- the nominee is for the Republican Party, if if Trump were to lose. They're going to come out and say, you know, even Donald Trump would be better than this person. I mean, they, they will do this forever. Uh, I mean, I really have no faith in them. To look I do. I do. And I'll tell you why when we come back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. If the election were held today, who would you vote for? Which is pretty ironic because today's the only time that question actually matters because today is the day the election is being held. But if the candidates, listen to this, were Donald Trump or Barack Obama, if he were allowed to run, who would you vote for? Listen to this. Barack Obama would win 53-41. Hypothetically, if the general election were held today and the candidates were Hillary Clinton and Mitt Romney, who would you vote for? Hillary Clinton, 40. Mitt Romney, 50. That's how much they despise these two candidates. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. How do we, what do we do beyond the voting booth today? Frank Luntz has an unbelievable um, uh, op-ed in today's New York Times that I think everyone should read. We go over it right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. The greatest country in the history of civilization has become dangerously uncivilized, writes Frank Lunds. We are living through the Thelma and Louise election and it doesn't work out in the end. For months, both candidates have headed towards the electoral cliff of division and discord fueled by an electorate seething with resentment and revenge. The focus groups I've conducted across America during this election are the loudest, angriest, and rudest I've ever seen in my career. There is no good precedent for our coarseness and vulgarity. America has survived and thrived despite a devastating civil war and global aggression. We've overcome economic difficulties far greater than those we're facing now. We've lost political leaders to assassination, yet somehow we have always risen and risen above the hatred. We've had tough, nasty elections, but nothing as embarrassing as this. The world we uh, used to look upon our democracy with respect and deference. 
But the 2016 presidential election has turned that into a mixture of amusement and disdain. Here's the problem. Once you inject hyper-anger into civil society, it is almost impossible to undo. During three grueling debates, as millions of Americans looked on in disgust, both presidential candidates refused to seek even a modicum of common ground, choosing smears over solutions every time. In less than 24 hours, Americans will learn who will lead them for the next four years. But whoever is chosen, the winner will have the highest unfavorability rating of any newly elected president in the past 50 years. The cause and the result is hardly a mystery. A vast majority of Americans are fed up with the partisan conflict and political gamemanship between the liar and the lunatic, as my 60-minute CBS focus group called them. The liar and the lunatic. If Hillary Clinton wins on Tuesday from day one, she will spend her time fending off congressional investigations. If Donald Trump wins, he has said he will go after the very people who have accused him of impropriety. And should he lose, he has said that he will declare the election rigged and his followers have threatened unrest. The consequences? We the people will suffer. Let us hope that the leader we choose will have the courage and wisdom to heal the wounded nation and declare enough is enough. It's time to govern all of the people. For decades, that healing has begun on election night with a concession speech. The vanquished candidate, usually surrounded by family and friends, accepts defeat with remarkable grace and dignity and asks supporters to accept the will of the people. We've been around for 240 years. We've had free and fair elections. We've accepted the outcomes when we may not have liked them. But that is what must be expected of anyone. I know the language works because it came from Miss Clinton in the third presidential debate, and it was her best debate moment, according to the focus group session for CBS News. The concession speech is a trademark of our democracy, and we're stronger for it. Let's hope we don't have to wait hours or even days to hear it. From the winner, what we need is less of a victory speech and more of a personal apology and clarion call for unity, empathy, and understanding. If we are to address the rampant cynicism and heal the wounds I have witnessed day after day on the campaign trail, here are the words Americans desperately need to hear tonight. My fellow Americans, I stand before you tonight humbled. There is no greater honor than to serve as President of the United States, and yet no greater responsibility. For many, this is a night of celebration, but I recognize and respect the millions who preferred a different path. So I ask one last sacrifice from my supporters who have worked so hard to make history happen. Instead of your cheers, I ask for your silence, that I might speak directly to my opponent and the people who are discouraged and disheartened with tonight's results. Imagine, imagine if one of them would do this tonight. Our political system has too often drowned you out. Our economic system has often left you behind. But no more. Tonight, I hear you. Tonight, I hear your frustration, your hopes, your dreams. They are just as important as those people in this room. Your concerns are just as real. I get it, and I will act upon it. Throughout this election, we've said things to each other that were harsh, negative, and inappropriate. Our divisive words often distract us from the challenges we need to solve, from failing schools to rapidly rising health care costs, from immigration to Social Security. The challenges we face as individuals, as communities, and as a country are immense and demands the best minds and best ideas from all across the political spectrum. In the months ahead, my administration will set the example. We're more than just Democrats. We're more than just Republicans. We are Americans. 
And so I ask my supporters to have empathy and understanding for those who are commiserating across town and across the country tonight. And let us all tonight pledge allegiance to one nation, individual, indivisible. I've always promised to fight for you, but that doesn't mean we need to fight against them. Let's mark tonight by finding our common ground and moving forward together. Let's fix our country and not tear it apart. That is not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that is the message, though. That is the message. And which supporter would not want to hear that from their candidate? I think both would want to hear that from their candidate. And if they didn't, they should reevaluate their life. But I contend, except for the most diehard of the diehard lunatic fringe, the vast majority, 99.9% of all Trump supporters and 99.9% of all Clinton supporters would welcome that speech tonight. I think, yeah, I think the supporter of the candidate making the speech likes that speech a lot. The, oppo- the opposition, I think, doesn't believe it from the... Uh, no, but you know what? I, I, wrote a, um, I wrote a member of the press last night that um, uh, didn't write something favorably of me, um, but gave me the benefit of the doubt and said... Okay, so this is what he said. Who am I not to believe it? We should, we should try. We should try. And so I wrote this person um, who I don't know and out of the blue, and I just said, um, I don't expect you to believe me. I don't, I don't ask for you to trust me. Watch my actions, not my words. The time for words is long past. But watch my actions in the future. And know that I'm going to fail. But it's not about me. It's about all of us trying to be better than we were yesterday. What did we learn in the last eight years? What have we learned in the last 15 years? I know this. The the left learned under George W. Bush that screaming and shouting and calling him a traitor, calling him saying that he hates black people, um, um, saying that he um, is just a horrible human being, the worst that could be, um, a war criminal, all of that stuff, didn't help, didn't help. And because of that, quite honestly, I felt justified in a little payback and saying, well, you know what, if they can say it, we can say it, because I believed it to be true at the time. So... I'm going to say these things too. And then that's not necessarily a conscious thing, is it? No. It's a, no, no, no. Yeah. But, you, but, but you had that feeling. We were, we were, we were there. It had, it, that's the way the culture was going. I didn't want revenge, but I, was, but I was going to say what I believed. And I was tired of the one side. And that didn't work. That was wrong. It didn't work. And even though we did make some progress on trying to figure out who we are, there's a lot of Americans, conservative Americans, who I believe in their heart of hearts will understand and agree that Barack Obama made them a better person because they know what they believe now. They know why they believe it. They studied the Constitution for the very first time in their life. 
They know the history of our country for the very first time in their life. They learn things. In the last eight years, we learn things that you don't even, that nobody is teaching anymore. Real, true history of the country, good and bad. Eight years ago, I wasn't focused on the bad of the American people, of the American story. I didn't know that we had, you know, a concentration camp of biblical proportions in the Civil War. I didn't know that we banned German-speaking people in World War I. I didn't know some of this stuff. I'm a better American because of it. I think a lot of people would also look at themselves, if they were being honest, and think that they're that the Barack Obama presidency made them a worse person and that they did things that they probably wouldn't have accepted out of themselves beforehand, which opens this up to a larger point, which is you're choosing that path. Yes. It's up to you to make the best of that situation. You can choose. My father used to say, life is about what you do, the choices you make around what happens to you. So you can choose to be... And I did in some ways, not consciously, but I, I joined in in some regards. I stood my ground in others. We all did. And, um, and I chose to be a better man and see him in a positive light as opposed to a negative light on what I chose to do about it. Others chose just to, and, I, and it's amazing because if you go back, we should go back. Now that the election will be beyond us, uh, no matter who wins, we have to go back to the speech that I gave uh, at Restoring Unity. Because in that, I told you, soon, we are going to be torn limb from limb. We are going to be um, pushed and pushed and pushed and told to hate each other. And we must not hate. We must not look for revenge. There's coming a time soon where you will want revenge. Don't do it. Well, it's here now. And so how do we choose? What do we choose? And, you know, I, we were told, and I think at the beginning of the Obama thing, by, by friends who weren't as freaked out about him as we were, that no one man, no, not even the president, <clears throat> can bring down the United States of America. And we, just, we thought that Obama was so far to the left that and at that time there was also a democrat majority in the house and senate that we thought they were going to be able to get enough done to accomplish that now and they you know did, what? they did transform a lot of things oh my gosh we have fundamentally transformed our, our economy but i am more concerned with the fundamental transformation that happened in our own homes yeah. than happened in washington dc right and we can't allow that to happen anymore and i i don't think that it, and so it's given me hope that neither one of these people, as bad as I think they are, can bring down the United States of America. And and that's a pretty new. Well, can I? Can I? It is a very process new. for me. It is for all of us. Yeah. I, well, I mean, one of my favorite books is uh, the Rational Optimist. Um, it's I love it, and it, I I just recently started rereading it um, because I felt that way again. That awful. There's just no hope, sort of way. And what the book goes through is, is, is how, you know, essentially, uh, it's, it's, you know, from a libertarian perspective. But, I mean, it's talking about essentially how free markets, free exchange of goods, services, ideas 
wind up overwhelming all of these negative things we always fear. There's always somebody predicting this incredible doom around the corner. Well, I just I would have to say we require free markets to have that happen, but Exactly. And, and, and the, the point is, though, we're right. I mean, but I mean, yeah. the point is, obviously, the perspective of it is, yes, the, the, you know, I mean, this is explained well in the, in the book, but I mean, it goes, uh, you know, you do need that. And of course, it's from a libertarian perspective, and it's arguing for more of those things. And yes. it's talking about how when you have those things, you almost, no matter what you do, can't stop the world's circumstances from being better. That doesn't include necessarily morals, but over, you know, overwhelmingly, that's been the case. I mean, we have less wars than we've had in the past. Things have actually gone. We have less crime. We've discussed that at great length. Um, all these things that feel like they're going to turn wrong have, uh, you know, many of them have turned right. And it's in the moment, it's almost impossible to see that. But if you look at it over history, it's almost impossible not to see it. And so, uh, you know, it's always my hope is that these things that we, you know, human beings working together, uh, whether either they want to or not. I'm not saying I'm like this, hold hands, let's walk down the street and sing together. But just the ability to be able to freely exchange. work, trade, exchange ideas, social media, uh, you know, and, and ideas. I think these things hopefully will be able to push them, uh, you know, to push the better half of us through these really tough times that we do have. And again, I, I, I have no faith in the government. I, I mean, I'm, you know, a point of zero ability to see positives in that world right now. Where I see the positives is that the system that we've all talked about and loved on this show and in these circles for so long can actually overwhelm those things. I agree. I could have stopped you about five times and told you how it was all going to fall apart, right. but I decided not to. Good for you. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it at I agree. Good for you. I And I... You're nice. right. It can happen. Uh, it can be stopped. No, here's somebody said to me. Somebody said to me yesterday, Glenn. There's a difference between prediction uh, and warning. And he said, people people always say, you know, you're making a prediction. He said, you're not. You're issuing a warning, and that's true. A prediction is like mystical. Mm-hmm. The warning is, hey, prediction is Nostradamus. Yes, and and the warning is. Hey, this is what these conditions could grow. They'll grow in these conditions. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to because something can always change that. For instance, I saw the collapse of the banking system and said, when Bear Stearns came down, this is it, this is it, it's coming down. And remember, right after Bear Stearns, everybody said, it's over, it's over. And I'm like, it's only just begun and then we had Lehman Brothers collapse and AIG. And when those things collapsed, then it was done. However, I didn't see TARP. Conditions can change. Now, because TARP was only a Band-Aid, that's still coming. But there might be something out there, and now the Fed is saying, you know, $4 trillion will be printed and during, once we hit a next recession... Well, at some point that causes hyperinflation, but I don't know when. It's just they're warning signs. They're not a prediction. They're warning signs, and we can change it at any time. Now this, unpredictable events occur, but we will make it through. Okay, warning. Jobs are probably going to get tough. They're going to get tough. Times are going to come that are be, will be tough. There's your warning. Now, 
What can you do to alleviate that in your own life? Well, we can argue about politics and policies and, and the Fed policies, or what we can do is prepare. And by having food supply, by having a year's worth of food, you give a family of four, three solid months without ever having to go to the grocery store. And you can do it for $2.73 a day. A year's worth of food for one adult right now at 800-946-2325, 800-946-2325, or go to preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. Do it right now. Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. Mercury. Glenn Beck program. Pat just said the most amazing sentence to me that I think I've heard. I am more optimistic today than I have been in a a, really long time. In a really long time. And I want you to explain that. Okay. um, Because he's come to a realization in the last three days that I think a lot of us are. I think a lot of us are. I came to it maybe three weeks to three months ago. um, And. Uh, it's good to know that I'm not alone, and you may not be alone in this either. We'll talk about that coming up in just a second. And what to watch for tonight. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Tonight, beginning at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Is that right? 7 Eastern. 7 Eastern. Uh, All right. Tonight, uh, we begin our election coverage only on the Blaze TV, hosted by uh, by me and uh, the rest of us. And we've got uh, all the players from the Blaze coming in. And uh, we're just, it's going to be very different election coverage. This is kind of like going through it together. Each in our own way. Uh, Tommy, I think, is going to be here, right? Is Tommy coming tonight? I think everyone's yes. going to be And uh, Tommy is, is not necessarily a subtle Trump supporter. We're not on the same page. No, no, we're not even in the same library. No. Um, but uh, she's going to be joining us tonight, and we'll go through it uh, together. Wait a minute, you can't have a different opinion. You no, can't I'm going deal to deal with a person who doesn't agree with you. I, we're going to. We're going really? To. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's what an innovative way of uh, We're expecting that at least the networks are preparing for a long night tonight. I know that uh, I'm on NBC News, not MSNBC, but NBC News with uh, Tom Brokaw tonight at uh, beginning at 10. From Joalba. Oh. No, actually, from. Tonight from Joalba. We'll glam back. Glenn back from Joalabad. <laughs> so uh, uh, start at, at ten. I know I'm going to be on it. You know, in the ten o'clock hour, and then um, they've kind of said, "Hey, and we'd like you to kind of hang with us until two. So a.m. two a.m. Yeah. So they're expecting a possibility of a long night. You know, yeah. you do a show in the morning. 
Yeah, I don't think they care. They don't, no, they, don't think they, they care. Yeah. And I may not hang out. I may just do the 10, so I don't know. They may just come to you and there's just an empty studio. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So uh, The last couple of elections have been called in the 11 p.m. Eastern hour for, for perspective. Even Romney? Um, uh, yeah, Romney was uh, like That was over as soon as our coverage started. They called Romney in the afternoon. I know. Do you remember? Like 4.30, they're saying this looks bad. It's over. We're like, no, I can't. No, what? It's over. We were crying at our... And as soon as our election coverage our election coverage started, it was over. over. It was over. Uh, I mean, well, tonight it could be over. I mean, he loses Florida. By the way, uh, Leon is uh, Leon Wolf uh, is our new editor in chief at theblaze.com. He wrote um, his predictions, if you will, what he is looking for tonight, what he thinks is going to happen uh, on theblaze.com, and we want to talk to him a little bit about that. But if, if this ends, I mean, this could end with Florida tonight. Well, I think yeah, probably the earliest it will end was North Carolina because, of course, Florida has got the panhandle in central time. Yes, so yeah. we'll, they'll be an hour behind at least potentially North Carolina. It all depends upon how fast they count votes yeah. and how big the margins are. North Carolina, North Carolina, the inside scoop today on the internal polling is that North Carolina is too close to call. New Hampshire is also too close to call. That Michigan is in play. Uh, but Florida looks... Those are all really good things for Trump. Yeah, I know. But Florida, well... Florida's... None. Florida looks like it's turn. It's gone to. It's going to go to Hillary tonight. Uh, this is Trump's problem, of course, is that he has no margin of error. If if he loses one of these close states, he's chosen. if he wins Florida and New Hampshire and Michigan, and Michigan, he, oh, he Michigan wins. Yeah, it's Michigan. I mean, what are they, I mean, I think five thirty eight has that at about twenty percent chance of happening. as long as if he, he wins Michigan. Ohio, wins. Apparently, Nevada. it is in serious from 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 some insiders who you know know this. Uh, from the internal polling, this is not outside polling, this is internal polling, um, it shows that Michigan is in play today. Mm. I think the, what happens with states like that, though, is if Trump wins Michigan, it's happening in a Trump environment. So it's not like he just picks off Michigan and then loses, you know, Florida and Iowa. Right. Like If he wins Michigan, he's doing so well that he's winning all of these swing states anyway, and then, of course, he wins the election. Yeah. And that's the same theory with Hillary. Like, if she's able to pull off Florida and North Carolina, it's happening in a Hillary-friendly environment. So the rest of the states are going to wind up, you know, falling into line. That's usually because these states move together. You know, if they don't move completely independently, they typically will move together. And if it comes out, if we're in a positive Hillary environment, you're going to know that pretty early on. What are you thinking, Leon? I'm, I'm considerably more bearish than uh, on Trump's chances. I no, think, this this is internal are. polling. So I would expect Right. I mean, anything that yeah, I would Trump get, but were, I, you right. know. they were saying yesterday that they considered Michigan to be their best shot. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I don't, let, look, I, I think that they're going to lose North Carolina, I think, by a larger margin than people expect. You think, I think they're going to lose? I think they will. I think, I think oh, it's over then. I think what's happening to North Carolina is exactly what happened to Virginia, and it stunned the Virginia GOP how fast it happened. I think a lot of people in the Virginia GOP expected, you know, we're getting this influx of D.C. people. It's going to turn the state purple, blue. I think that they were predicting that it would more happen in 2016 instead of 2008, you know, when it did happen. I think the same thing is happening to North Carolina. If you look at the, the, the signs that are bad for Donald Trump, it is that the reason that Mitt Romney was able to pull out a close victory in North Carolina in 2012 is that he won with white college-educated voters in Mecklenburg, suburban Charlotte, by 21 points. Polls show now Hillary Clinton is 50-50 with Trump on those voters. Mm-hmm. Those voters are the growth demographic in North Carolina, and I think that uh, I think that you're going to see that this is going to be 
the beginning of North Carolina becoming a more reliably blue slash purple state like Virginia Jeez. is now. How do you get to 270 without North Carolina? You know, I mean, it, it can't be done. Yeah. I will tell you that this is this is my greatest fear. If uh, and this, I talked about this while I was at Fox, and nobody will remember it, but I talked about it when I was at Fox. That typically what happens is after somebody like Barack Obama, where people feel disenfranchised and nobody's listening to them, you will have somebody who will step in, who will be a, a, a demagogue, somebody that will um, take you to places you've never been before because they say, I will fix it. If that person doesn't win, the one after will be even worse. Now, I can't imagine that, but if history, we use history as our guide, the world is not going to stay static. So the world's not going to look like it does in 2016. And I don't see any indication of it getting more healthy in the next four years. You probably will have serious economic unrest, serious civil unrest, um, more divisions between left and right, not fewer, uh, and more anger on left and right. When that happens, you have a chance next time to get somebody completely, completely unreasonable. It's, we, our hard work begins tomorrow, not today. And I'll tell you, one of the things that I'm at least somewhat hopeful for in the event that Clinton wins, which is what I think is potentially going to happen, is, you know, I, I mean, I, I knew a lot of people and have met a lot of people since that time who were involved in the Clinton administration. And sure, the Clintons have always been surrounded by some of these people, like, you know, your Sidney Blumenthal's and your, um, um, uh, I can't remember the, the guy who stuffed the papers down his pants. I can't remember uh, his name. Oh, yeah. Uh, right Andy Burglar. Sandy, yeah, Sandy Berger and those, the Landy Davis, those people who don't provide much value other than telling the Clintons what they want to hear. But they, uh, they also, I think, and especially in the first half of his administration, were staffed with a lot of people who were technically competent, very good at their jobs type people. And, yes. and I think that that Unlike at least... this administration. Correct, correct. So as much as a lot of people think, my gosh, I would rather have Obama than Clinton just because he's a more likable person, uh, I think that... The Clintons, at least uh, in the early part, part of their first term, demonstrated an ability to hire good people or at least competent people. Which and is... triangulate. I don't know if she will do that. Right. But he did that. He triangulated. If she wins tonight and she's smart, what she will do tonight is try to bring the country together and start to triangulate immediately. She's paid some lip service to that. I know. She I, she's never talked, the Demo- been the kind of person to actually do that. The Democrats used the Constitution more than the Republicans did. I know. The, the, Repu- the Democrats used our positions more than we did. We abandoned our post. What's really remarkable is in the postmortem, should Donald Trump lose, in the postmortem, will anyone bring up the fact that he was on Fox and Friends right after the Romney loss, and he said, if the next GOP candidate doesn't reach out and um, embrace Hispanics and go for comprehensive reform, it will be the last time a candidate for the GOP is taken seriously. Here it is. And it is a top priority, and the Republicans ought to take the lead. I mean, they have to get smart. They cannot have what happened to them with immigration and other issues sabotage their elections i mean you look at what's going on and frankly the republicans should take the lead on immigration so 
It is. And again, the word he used was a top priority because I'm sure jobs and, you know, there are lots of top priorities, frankly. Right. But, and jobs would be at the top of the list also. But immigration is very important, and the Republicans have to get involved. And they have to, otherwise, they're, look, they're never going to win another election okay. unless they do something. All right. So now what he was talking about there, you have to remember his mindset in 2012 was Mitt Romney was too angry yeah. and was too strong turned on the border the and turned off the Hispanics. And so you'll never win another election if you turn off the Hispanics. If you look How at ironic the, is that? Oh, I know. If you look at the GOP autopsy, it said the same thing. It said we have to reach out to the Hispanics. We have to reach out to the youth. We have to um, do everything opposite of what we're doing right now, quite honestly. It will be interesting to see where we head now because I don't think – do you think Leon Donald Trump is going away? No. I mean he's going to kind of stick around and, and – through whatever mechanism it is, whether it's his own TV channel or whatever, he's gonna he's got this group of 15 million people or so that he's gonna point at his enemies, I think, and say, you know, go get him for the next yeah. however long it takes. Uh, you know, and and I think when you talk about oh. bringing them together, bringing people together, and again, this is we're talking right now as if Clinton wins this election, which he you know is the favorite, but she's gone through this entire campaign largely, uh, without exception, making the point of. It's not that Republicans are evil. It's that Donald Trump isn't even Republican. And that she's been trying to suck over uh, Republican voters who are like, I, I'm in the middle kind of, and I just can't stand Donald Trump because he's offensive. He says offensive things. And he, you know, he's on the bus talking you know, to Billy Bush in that way. And I just well, I, I can't deal with it. And it, it, I'm not saying it's authentic, but they may see a, a legitimate opportunity yeah. to lock in a large portion of the centralized sort of like independent voter who just is so infuriated that Donald Trump was the nominee that they never come back. She did try to do that, but it was after doing this. I know how to find common ground. You've all made a few people upset over your political careers. Which enemy are you most proud of? Probably the Republicans. <laughs> right. You know, but the, so, and that's not what she did in the campaign. No. Well, and yeah, well, it, although that was, that was in the, the debate. Yeah, right. But I mean, I'm saying like her, that was a moment in which she fell down. From, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, but generally speaking, I'm not saying it was authentic at all, but that's what she tried to do. You know, I, I think if you look at just the, the convention, I think it started there. And I went to I went to the Republican convention and I sat there for Donald Trump's speech, which was alarming to me, quite frankly, the, uh, the tone of it, you know, law and order. I mean, it's just very it was it was creepy almost. And then you watched Hillary Clinton's speech and. Um, it wasn't tremendously effective because she's bad at giving speeches and you don't believe the things that she says, but it sounded a lot like a, an appeal to Reagan-type voters. I believe in America, our best days are ahead of us. You know, we can the whole come thing together. Has been, when she said a couple of days ago, I am so tired. No, Barack Obama said this. I am so tired of people tearing down our great nation. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? They have taken our playbook because we left it on the bench. Back in a minute. Now this. Easier to have a great day if you had a great night's sleep. If you'd like to sleep better, get a Casper mattress. Get the best sleep you've ever had. I have a Casper mattress. Pat has a Casper mattress. Thousands of our listeners have Casper mattresses, and they are getting a great night's sleep. And you can try it in your own home for 100 nights. It was invented with two high-tech foams that guarantee that you sleep cool and comfortable with all the support that you need. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015, and it ships for free. Now, here's the deal. 
They don't have a showroom. This is why you save. You'll pay less for this mattress than you've paid for any mattress since you were in college. Um, a king-size bed is, I think, just under $1,000. Uh, um, so it, the, the reason why they can do this is they've cut out the middleman. They don't have the showrooms. They don't have anything else. They ship it directly to you. But instead of trying it out in a showroom, you try it out in your bed. If you don't like it, you return it. They come and they pick it up and they give you a check, full amount, not a penny lost. Terms and conditions do apply, but try it out for 100 nights in your own home. Go to Casper.com. The offer code is Becky at $50 off the purchase of your mattress. It's Casper.com. Offer code Beck. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Kevin on the Blaze. Tonight, the election, uh, only on the Blaze TV. We're all going to be here uh, as long as it lasts or as long as we can stand it. Uh, so join us only on the Blaze TV. It'll be great to watch this, as, uh, especially if you watch it on the iPad. You watch it on TV, but if you watch it on the computer or the iPad, keep it going while you're watching, you know, whatever. We'll have all the election results, et cetera, et cetera, but... And the entire Blaze team will be here, so you don't want to miss it. It's my belief that Donald Trump is going to try to make himself the iguana. Uh, uh, the what? <laughs> the, the greatest iguana in the world. The video is on iguana the in the world. If you have not seen this video, you have to see it. What, what is the... This, is this iguana, and it apparently is a hatchling, like a baby iguana, escapes from almost literally a million snakes. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's hilarious because if you've ever watched an iguana run... It's yeah. like the funniest thing. Right. And he is just running like away from this massive. And at one point they like get him and they have him tangled up. You go, oh, man, that iguana's dead. That's so sad. And he somehow squeals out from that, climbs a mountain and gets away from all these snakes. It's one of the most unbelievable videos I've ever seen. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a good analogy for Trump's campaign. I'm surprised he keeps saying the Brexit thing. He should start saying the iguana. Here it is. Here it is. Let's see. Um, yeah, you're, oh my gosh, he's tangled in snakes. Completely tangled in like six snakes and somehow escapes and Still, gets away. Yeah, you missed like the first minute yeah. of Look at that, they are just going he's after him. in, the snakes are coming. He kicks the snakes away from him. <laughs> it really is. A baby that boy. is. He just yeah. got back to his mom. He's been alive about a week and he's uh, yeah. away from a million snakes. <laughs> what, what amazes me about the video is it starts off and they, the narrator, David Attenborough, explains. He's like, the snakes can't see well, but they know to detect motion. So the iguana has to stay perfectly still. And it does. Like, that's how the video starts. He's staying stone still, and all these snakes are kind of creeping around. <laughs> and you're like, how does the iguana know to do this that? This is quite honestly exactly what happened. When Comey came out, all he had to do to avoid the snakes was stand perfectly still. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> make no move, and you escape the snakes. Yeah. I just wonder how one, one week old iguana knows. The snakes can't see me if I don't move. Tonight, don't miss it. Only on the Blaze TV. You can check it out, blaze.com slash TV. Our coverage begins at 7 Eastern, 6 Central. Glenn Beck. Mercury.
We have some internal polling, um, and so this is not this is not from this is from the campaign. Internal polling. We'll show you what they're looking at today and how close it really might be if their internal polling is correct. Um, we'll we'll give you that here in a second and see if we can find a pathway to victory for Donald Trump. There are some upsets that possibly could happen. Also, the latest from Russia. NATO has just moved 300,000 troops to what is being said in preparation for war against Russia. Is that even possible? We go there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. Wanted to get our military intelligence, uh, former military intelligence officer and uh, one of our head researchers and writers for uh, uh, the Glenn Beck Program uh, for television is uh, Jason Batrill. Jason, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Um, you and I have been watching Russia for a while now. I don't, and we've been watching this um, Euro, neo-Eurasian uh, movement with uh, Dugan and how it is infiltrated here in the United States, and nobody's really paying attention to it. That is the, uh, to me, that is the goal for the next two years uh, for us to be able to explain this to the American people because I think Mitt Romney was right. Our biggest geopolitical foe is Russia, there is news now that is coming out, and I wanted to hear your opinion on it, that NATO just moved 300,000 troops uh, to prepare, as it's being said in this article, prepare for war with Russia. I can't figure out what's going on. Are we really, is this 1916 all over again when the politicians are saying, no, there's nothing like that, and then the next year we're in war? It's interesting that you pick out that date, because if I had to compare any time in history for especially Europe, it would be... World War One, right around World War One. Yeah, I mean, too. borders all over the globe, really, from right. the Middle East to Europe. They're all starting, or they're trying to, very desperately, to reset Sykes Pico. They're wars. going back to the days of Sykes Pico, which is World War One. Exactly right. And the ethnic groups that we're in within uh, all of Greater Europe, with Eastern Europe, Western Europe, they're all starting to kind of like coalesce and come together in their general ethnic, basically history. You know where they come from. Um, this three hundred thousand troop movement. Um, I think it's more in, and I haven't, I haven't seen Russian uh, antagonism, aggression, and uh, activity like this. I don't think ever, and I'm not even going to count the Cold War because they're doing things now that they wouldn't even attempted in the Cold War. Well, we were stronger. We were stronger, we, we, and we wouldn't have stood up to this, like you know, ru- you know, Russians uh, using hackers to like penetrate our state voter systems, which happened, which Comey came out and said back in, I think, September, that that actually happened. We wouldn't have stood for that. Um, that was an unwritten rule, and they wouldn't even have tried that. Um, but what's going on in Europe now, I, I, you look, I think, about two weeks ago, um, we saw that some of that neo-Eurasianism uh, was fully at work in Hungary. Mm-hmm. Um, they were actually, and you've reported on it before, that they were supporting a, uh, a far-right fascist group um, with the sole uh, goal of not just putting out propaganda, but going to that next stage and actually doing attacks. If there is any 
hacking that is happening on this, it would be in favor of Donald Trump if it's coming from outside the country, would it not? It would be in favor of Donald Trump, yes. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't, when it boils down to it, I don't think that Putin really cares uh, who is president. I don't think he really cares if it's Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. I think that he's going to have problems of his own internally, regardless. But I think his main goal is to ma- basically discredit us to the world. Um, well, we, he, we, we didn't need a lot of his help. Well, <laughs> that's our specialty. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's our lane. <laughs> Um, but, uh, the hacking is, 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 is something I want to get to in a second. Um, but Russia is not taking a step back. They, they also, uh, were implicated in, uh, and, uh, I think it was, uh, Moldova recently. Mm-hmm. They were, uh, linked to an actual attempt on an assassination of the prime minister there. Um, so NATO is freaked out. That is a NATO country. NATO is sending a message, you know, back in the fifties when we first came up with the, uh, with the containment, you know, strategy, uh, the the U.S. Uh, diplomat in Russia said, look, he wrote something very uh, famous. Uh, his name is George Kennan, and he wrote the long telegram. And he said, look, there's a very easy way to stand up to Russia. You actually have to stand up. You stand up, you show considerable force, and they will back down. But they, the only, they only respond to strength. That's the only thing they respond to. So you've got to get serious. We've got to put up a significant force. And they'll back down and do their own thing. That's exactly what I hope they're doing now. now I, th- well, it, did, it took us... It took us losing Hungary and a lot that ended up behind the Iron Curtain before we did that. Right. And it looks like we're going down the same exact same path. Now, I don't, we are, and I don't think that a major war is coming, but there's a caveat to that. Now, geopoliticians will look at this and say, look, the trends say that, look, it, we're, we're basically, we're entering into a Cold War type stage. But there's always the, you know, the, the chance of someone doing something crazy. Now, I've never seen it more unstable uh, besides uh, World War I, World War II area where Europe has been so unstable. Russia is so unstable. Um, Russia internally is going through massive problems, massive. Their economy is tanking. They've been in a recession for I – mean, they, they haven't got out of it since 2008. They're still in a recession. Oil is not going up. In fact, it's probably going down. How are they affording the – they've, they've um, renuked. I mean, they've updated their entire arsenal or a good portion of it where we have not. Or is that propaganda? That's propaganda. Really? They are attempting to modernize their military. They're attempting it. A lot of their airstrikes, which they've been testing in Syria, a lot of those where people on the ground were saying, look, we thought they were dropping dumb bombs, not actually smart weapons, because most of them weren't even hitting their targets. Um, a lot of times when they hit a hospital, a lot of times they didn't even mean to hit the hospital. It's just their weapons aren't Boy, how, how crazy is that? I didn't even know they hit a hospital. We hit a hospital and everybody knows about it. Russia hits a hospital. I didn't. I've never even heard that. Oh my gosh! The the, the reports coming out of, of of Aleppo are just horrific. That's well, I know that. No, no, no. I know that. But you're not seeing you're not seeing the spin that you would see if that was an American warplane. Oh, I, the only spin. You, the only thing you're actually hearing now is Russian propaganda. They're saying that, and the entire world is echoing this, Donald Trump and his advisors are echoing this, that we're advising and assisting ISIS. That's directly from the Kremlin playbook, and, and, Trump, and the, uh, the Trump administration is actually just echoing what they're, what they're, you know, the crap that they're spitting out. Um, when you see, as a former military intelligence guy, when you see the front page of the Drudge Report with four or five stories today about stolen election, rigged machines, et cetera, et cetera, what do you think? Because you just said, our own FBI said, there is hacking. 
we're getting set up for something that I am actually very scared about, and I've been watching. Uh, I really started looking into it in August. Um, in August, there was a, uh, a hack that came out from a, a group that we had never heard of called the Shadow Brokers. And uh, Shadow Brokers, do you remember this back in August? Uh, they came out and said that they hacked the elite uh, equation group of the NSA. And basically their job is to write malware to attack foreign governments. And they said they hacked it, and we have all the source code, and we're auctioning it off via Bitcoin, auctioning it off to the highest bidder. People looked at it and said, okay, some of this is legit. Um, we're not sure how they got it, but, yeah, some of this is legit. Um, really, probably on cue, Snowden came right back and said, now, this is very interesting. I do think this came from the Russians, which that picked up a bunch of our ears, because why would you know, Snowden be commenting on the Russians? But I want to I read this. This is exactly what he said. This is through tweets. He said, this is likely, likely a warning that someone can prove U.S. responsibility for any attacks that originated from this malware server. And he summarized it and said, somebody is sending a message that an escalation in the at- attribution game could get messy fast, particularly if any of those operations targeted elections. Now, I heard that and I was like, oh, my gosh. So let's say what, pretty much what I think Trump loses tonight. Instantly, when he comes out with the rhetoric he's been saying that it's been rigged, it was stolen, it was rigged, I'm almost guaranteeing you that via WikiLeaks, they're going to drop some of this source code, and it's going to be the exact same source code that they're going to blame on the NSA and other Western intelligence agencies that say, look, they were the ones that were attacking their own state election systems. They're the ones that did this. They rigged it against you. Now, I think that's probably going to cause a lot of problems in the United States, but it's also going to pro- cause a lot of problems throughout the world just as far as, you know, are we the leaders of the free world? We're, you know, we're, we're just as guilty as Putin is basically back in 2011 when Hillary Clinton called him out. That's the thing that I'm most worried, most worried about. Mm-hmm. Do you see as a, as a guy who watches the globe, do you see, and I don't want to know who it is, but do you see one of these candidates, any of these candidates better than the others? <sighs> Trump and Hillary? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, Hillary is a, uh, she's an interventionist. Um, she's going to go in and, <laughs> and do things that, you know, goes towards this globalist agenda. Uh, I think she'll continue on along those lines. I think Trump would be, I think that's bad. But I think Trump is just as bad because I don't think that he'll react with a measured tone as, as he should in some of these areas. Um, man, uh, and you don't think that Putin wants one or the other? Um, I think Putin has his own problems. I think he's got one objective that he's actually worried about, and that's Ukraine. Um, everybody should be focusing on Ukraine right now. Syria is a smokescreen. Syria is um, it's definitely something that Iran wants to get done. Um, Russia doesn't really have a big dog in that fight. Um, but it's something they're using to, as part of their campaign to discredit us throughout the globe. But what you really should be looking at is Ukraine. Um, Whoever, Clinton versus Trump, whoever has the small, the, 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 you know, the weakest or the softest rhetoric on Ukraine, that's probably what Putin wants. At the moment, that is Trump. Um, at the end of the day, I don't think that we'll push too hard on Ukraine and Putin will end up getting his way. But Putin is, Russia is, is generally weak. They're so active right now, not from a position of strength, but from a position of weakness. They have, they have severe problems right now with internal instability. And it's only going to get worse. Now, that's, that's really bad for the European continent as if, a whole. If you were, because I know we did this at the end when the wall fell down. We had people like you in Russia doing all kinds of things. Um, if you were Russian, what are you trying to get us to do tomorrow and the weeks ahead as people? As people, uh, 
I w- I'm trying to get Americans to, to lose faith in their government, basically. I want them to lose faith in their government. I want them to think that what they've been doing for the past 50 years is not working. And I want you to go back into your hole and do what you did pre-World War II and just stay out of it. That gives them the time to reclaim some of their lost glory, to reclaim what they've lost, and to re-step back into that, you know, World War One, you know, era, that czar area of, you know, territory that they controlled. That's what I want. And again, and that's pretty much what we're seeing, you know, through their propaganda, through their... But also, part of it is right. I mean, we should not be everywhere. We're not the world's policemen. That's caused a lot of this problem. Is it not? It's, it's like Spico. It's true, and it's something that I, I look at. It, it, it's, it's not an easy answer, because if we're not doing it, who is doing it? You know, I, I, I look at it, and I don't want to be that guy. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to be that country that does this. But look what happens when we step out of Iraq. You know, who, who takes control? We're basically saying if, if we step out of Syria, right, if we step out of Iraq, you enable Iran. We've already enabled them. Obama did with the nuclear agreement, and he's doing it now. He's basically assisting. If we wouldn't have done it. Yeah, how about a concept like, I don't know. We didn't go in the first place. Yeah. If we wouldn't have gone in in the first place, if we would have gone in in 2001 and just got Osama bin Laden, just Afghanistan, not Taliban, not all that stuff, just Osama bin Laden, just get the the Al-Qaeda people. It's too late. And then move on. Uh, I know it's too late now, but it's not too late for the rest of the world. It's exactly right. Iraq, the whole purpose of Iraq was to fight Iran. Our foreign policy on Iran, their whole purpose of Iran was to fight Iraq. Mm-hmm. And we stepped back. Right. Now, that was good. You know, we, we had it set up perfectly. Now, the problem is they don't know who to enable to fight each other over there. Obama's administration was, well, let's, let's prop up uh, Iran because we have a problem with Sunni jihadists. So let's enable this nation state that hates us, that chants death to America. Let's enable them, prop them up, and let them fight the Sunnis. Now we have a major problem, though, because they are basically sweeping all the way across the Middle East right now, taking you know, full control. Of course, That's Obama's legacy there right now. All right. Jason, thank you so much. Are you going to be around for the election tonight? I am. Okay, good. Uh, election coverage starts tonight at 6 p.m., uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, only on the Blaze TV. Join us online or on uh, a uh, television channel if you, have, if you happen to have the uh, Blaze on your cable network. Now this, American Financing. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. If you have fallen into debt, it happens. Um, it happens to the best of us. Uh, I mean, it has happened to me more than once. And there are times that you'll just get behind the eight ball and you will just not know what to do. And you will just close yourself up. And especially if you've taken and thought, okay, I'm just going to take out a credit card. I'm just going to pay this bill with a credit card. And then the credit cards get out of control. It's best not to ignore it. Right now, American Financing can help you consolidate your high-interest debt into one manageable monthly payment. Interest rates are at all-time lows, and it's a great time to refinance right now and consolidate your debts. And by lowering your interest rate, you could actually save as much as $500 to $1,000 every single month. American financing mortgage consultants are salary-based, so they specialize in solutions. They're not, trying to, they're not trying to sell you into some bank instrument that the bank wants to sell. If you want to buy a home, or you want to refinance your home, or you want to take advantage of the low interest rates, don't wait. Do it right now. 866-750-6551 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. 866-750-6551. It's America's home for home loans. It's AmericanFinancing.net.
Some good news. Pat got up today. He came in and he said, I am more optimistic than ever, than I have been in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And that's surprising today. Yeah, I've been thinking this week about, uh, about you know, Obama's reign of terror is about to come to an end. <laughs> and I thought, and we survived it. I mean, is the nation worse off because he was president? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Nation was worse off because look at the damage that George Bush did with the Patriot Act. Right, right. But we lost even more freedoms under Obama. Yes, we did. And the country's more divided under Obama. Yes. And we have race relations that we haven't seen since the 1960s 60s under Obama. So a lot of things are worse, and we all thought it would get worse. But we thought we might not even make it to 2016 as a nation. How many people? And we did. How many people seriously said we wouldn't make it to Election Day? Because he would never, he would suspend elections. No, uh, I mean... I heard that all the time. I've heard that up to about three months ago. Yeah, and I'm like, guys, it's... He's now it's apparent it. we're voting today. Yes. There's an election today. You ought to be rigged and stolen, Pat! Uh, well, you know, we'll hear that. However, as bad as I think these two candidates are, I think I've learned from the Obama situation now. And we'll survive them, too. We'll survive, whoever it is. Somehow, we'll live through it. It's kind of like I said over the summer that I am not concerned. Uh, we have put the gate around the Constitution and we have all been focused on the Constitution where the Constitution is supposed to be the gate or the fence around the American idea. And I'm more concerned that we're losing the American idea than I am even the Constitution. We're losing touch with one another. As long as we have each other, we're going to be able to make it. As long as we don't lose our goodness, that's what made us great. No president made us great. No policy made us great. No policy or president made us bad. It was losing our goodness. FDR did not make us a bad country um, by putting the policy in of scooping up all the Japanese in World War II. It was the fact that we lost, through fear, our own decency and goodness. That's what changes us. And that's what's at stake. That's what's really at stake. And that's what's really at stake tomorrow. Do we take another step down this path? Because here's what happened. In my opinion, 2000, Gore versus Bush, it really kind of started when, you know, stolen or uh, selected, not elected. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing with Bush, you know, was in on the 9-11 conspiracy. And then he 
you know, he uh, bombed the, the levees in New Orleans, all that crazy stuff, then we just upped it under Obama. And now it's going to be upped again. So are we going to learn from the lessons? Because we both sides have done it now. Can we learn from those lessons and say, okay, enough, enough, enough. Truce. Let's start fresh. Can we do it? Answer tomorrow. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. beck Let's go to uh, John in California. Hey, John, how are things feeling in California today? Oh, well, it's California. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you, the only yeah, people I hear that the only people that I hear that don't sound like this in California are living in San Diego. Right. <laughs> you can ignore say, things down there. Yeah, they're like, it's San Diego, man. I mean, yes, it's California, but it's San Diego. Right. <laughs> Where in California um, do you live, John? Uh, Central Valley, near Modesto. Okay. okay. So right in the uh, what's on your mind? So uh, I've been thinking, I'm a long time listening. I've been listening to you for about four years. Uh, really love the change that's gone in you guys and love Pat and Stu. Even listen to Jeffy on the weekend. But, I, may uh, I ask a question? May oh, I ask a question? Man. What is the change that's happening with us? Well, it's just, you know, when I first started listening to you guys, it was right around the time that the uh, last election was going on. And, we and I feel like ourselves? there was, what was that? <laughs> we wanted to hang ourselves. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's just been, uh, you know, changing in a different direction, trying to move more towards, you know, helping each other and, and, not just being at each other's throats, and that's yeah. been hard this election. But, uh, you know, I, I'm the guy on Facebook. I was a Ted's Cruz supporter, and, and I'm the guy on Facebook watching all my friends, you know, on the Trump train, and, and they're with her, and I'm like, I don't understand any of these people. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. And, uh, but anyway, so one of the things I wanted to, to mention to you is um, I was talking to my wife, and, you know, we're pretty sure that Hillary's going to win, have been the whole time. Uh, but one thing that I think we could kind of look forward to, at least in the world, when she's president, is I think she's going to have something to prove. You know, as the first woman president, I think she's going to be very corrupt. There's going to be a lot of things, and we'll be going through a lot of bad times in the next four years. But uh, I think she's going to have a chip on her shoulder. You know, I think she's going to be uh, a little bit, uh, you know, trying to find a way to prove herself in the, you know, the eyes of the world. I don't think she's going to be doing any apology tours, at least. But uh, I think there she's you know, going to try to prove herself uh, and it will be sad because it'll probably be her husband that will do it, uh, prove herself by getting right. universal yeah. health care. Um, you know, that's, yeah. how she'll, <laughs> that's how she'll do it. She'll do single payer universal health care. That'll be her big um, her, oh, her big advancement. And because, you know, we know this, but Bill, Bill Clinton was the first one on the left that said, 
this isn't working and this has got to change. So they, you know already he set the table. That's going to be their number one agenda. So, right, and I'm sure it will be. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate your phone call. And God bless you in California. Stay safe. Uh, Stu, you want to give us one more look at the, uh, I know they're, they're making all new maps for us tonight and everything. We have our coverage beginning at 7 o'clock Eastern. We are going to be looking at some of, as we go on, we're going to be looking at some of the, um, uh, the, the funnier or the crazier moments of this, con- uh, of this election because this election has been crazy from the beginning. And so we're looking for you on the feed. I know Jeffy is asking people on the feed. Uh, you probably tweet them to uh, Stu Show. Is that right? Stu Show? My, uh, oh, can you tweet? At World of Stu. At World of Stu. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can uh, uh, tweet at World of Stu for the craziest moments that you would like us to cover tonight and, uh, and play clips from as we watch this thing unfold. I'm going to be on with uh, NBC tonight and Tom Brokaw at, on NBC, not MSNBC, but NBC Tonight at uh, 10, something or other, I, I begin uh, with them, but I'm also going to be covering it here on The Blaze, and it's going to be radically different coverage uh, here. But Stu is going to be looking at all of the uh, exit polling and everything else, uh, as he does for us every year. And he was very, very right last year. He was the only one in this, on this show. We called him the little black rain cloud. <laughs> he was the only one on this show that got it right. We wanted so desperately to believe. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a weird situation. And, and there's some, if you, if you are a Trump fan, you can look at some positives as opposed to what happened to Romney. Because Romney was very close, closer than Trump in the national polls. Um, but the idea that uh, Hillary could actually lose with, uh, in a close election is possible still. Uh, if you go through the, um, the, someone went through and put the uh, all the real clear politics averages into a ele- an electoral map, and it was like one state away, like two seventy two to two sixty six or something. Wow. Hillary. It, so it could be that close. I mean, there are states where Trump is winning by point two percent that he's getting credit for in there. Of course, that's the way the system works, so he would get credit for those. Yeah, but yeah. they're just very unsure. Um, you know, uh, it right. depends on who shows up today. It really does. Um, you know, there's a there's a one of the arguments for, for Trump is basically we've seen a story of two different groups. Hispanic voters, very activated, going out to vote in record numbers. Black voters, not as excited about this one. They were excited about Barack Obama, not as excited here. So their vote has fallen off a little bit. The issue with that is Hispanic voters are very, about half of Hispanic voters are, are located in two states. And neither of those two states are swing states, it's, at least usually. California and Texas. So the fact that they're very active may not do anything for either of them. Mm. And that's half of the population, roughly. Um, so that's a big deal. However, a couple of states, something like Nevada, could really easily be swung. We talked about some of the, uh, the early voting data there. And it's not promising if you are uh, a Trump supporter in, um, in Nevada. In- hey, let, could, I, could I give you first what I heard mm-hmm. today from internal polling? Put it up on the board and show me. Uh, let's give North Carolina, they say it's too close to call in internal polling. Let's give North Carolina to Trump. Okay. Let's get, uh, let's give, uh, uh, Maine to, uh, Trump. Okay. That's Maine by way, just the one district. Yeah. One district. Let's give Florida to Clinton. Florida, Clinton. Ohio to Trump. Okay. Uh, Nevada, I don't have any information on, so I'm going to give it to Clinton. 
and let's give Michigan to Trump out of the Clinton pile. Wow. <laughs> That's an interesting map. What uh, happens? Uh, well, let's see. You'd have... The only thing we really changed here... It's Michigan and Florida. Michigan, yeah, so Florida went... That, yeah, uh, I mean, the problem is you're going to... So you're gaining 29 uh, for Hillary. Let you're me give pulling New out Hampshire 16, too. and you're pulling out... You're only losing 17. That would be worse for... Let me give New Hampshire, too, to Trump. Again, I don't think that gets you there, because New Hampshire's only four electoral votes. So you're pulling I mean, that's being as generous... Okay, now give Florida... Yeah, if he gets Florida with this, he definitely wins. He definitely wins. He cannot lose Florida. He cannot, to me, he can't lose, realistically, he cannot lose Florida or North Carolina. Either one of those states, he loses, it's over. Because but Ohio? He, Ohio, he, I'm kind of counting that for him. While it's still pretty much uh, technically a swing state, counting he can't get anywhere near Trump Trump winning counting. without Ohio. And he's actually winning the polls there. So I expect him to win Ohio tonight, which is usually the biggest swing state. Ohio and Florida bounces back and forth. Um, North Carolina is not usually the biggest swing state, um, but it does seem to be this time. And North Carolina, I think the early voting actually looks fairly good for him. Yeah. You can't predict states by early voting, but They're you can get a sense. But I mean, like, today, today, as of this morning, the Republicans are counting on North Carolina. They're counting on a, uh, a win for the Senate. Uh, that will be the last Senate seat that will put them in charge of the Senate. They are not counting on Florida. Uh, they are counting on Michigan. I, when I say counting, I should say they, they think that it's in play and they could win it. Um, Maine, Ohio, they are counting on. Michigan, they believe they could win today. New Hampshire, they believe they're going to win. Uh, so it's only Florida that they think they're not going to win. And Nevada looks horrible, doesn't it? Nevada looks really bad. I mean, to give you a sense on Nevada, the early vote, the Democrats led by a large margin. Going into Election Day, I, all the assumptions that are pretty rational and probably pretty favorable for Trump, if you take favorable assumptions, he needs to win today by about 10 points. Now, that is, uh, you know, Romney lost on Election Day in Nevada last time. Um, Trump does not have the ground game that Hillary has. This is type of town, and we, we talked about this yesterday, in that, in a way, Nevada has turned into one of the, sort of like the new Michigan, and that, like, it's all, it's all unions there now. The Reed machine in Nevada is still very powerful, and they think that they've been able to, to put that one away. Uh, if you do that, it gets very difficult, because then you're looking at picking off, you know, what, one of the, probably the easiest map for him to get there was to win Nevada, and then also win New Hampshire out of our leaning Democrat column. Um, because New Hampshire, he's actually, actually had some really good polls. New Hampshire is difficult to poll. It's, not an, it's, it's, it's a very you know, crazy sort of state with polling. Um, and, you know, maybe he's, he'd be able to pull that one out. There's a good Senate race there, so you'd think a lot of Republicans would be activated to get out for that as well, even if they're not maybe huge Trump, Trump fans. So if he could pull that out and then get Maine 2nd District, he can get right to 270. But without Nevada, that's not possible, um, you know, assuming he doesn't pick off some other more unlikely state. So right now, I mean, he, he's in a position where it is, there is no room for error. And he needs to really go beyond that. He what, are, what are the states? What are the absolute firewall states that we're going to be seeing first tonight? I mean, and if he loses, like, like we won't know Florida till at least 9 o'clock. Right. I mean, it's going to take a long time. I mean, I, they called it, uh, I mean, it took four days for them to call it last time um, in 2012. God help us all. Um, so oh, God that's, all. it's going to, you're not going to get any Florida calls, really. I mean, early. that takes a long time. Uh, but I mean, that's the thing. If you get a call of one of those two states early, I mean, it's basically going to be over. They will not make the mistake 
of 2000 and call that right. thing super early without knowing for sure. Um, so at least you would expect they wouldn't. But um, if it's called early for Trump, that's good. Oh, yeah. If it goes early for Trump, he's in it. Right. But it's not enough for him. But it indicates, oh, I know that. But if it's again, called early, it might mean that he has such a groundswell you know, that the people are showing out, showing up and show, I mean, right now he is in internal polling behind in Florida by two. And so if they call it early, it means that there was a real groundswell, that that, that thing might have been four or five points off. And right when we get on with Blaze coverage tonight, we will go into this because uh, what you're getting out of early closings on the East Coast is not how the election you're not going to get a sense of, hey, this, it's, it, it's over. You're going to get a sense of what the environment is. The environment tends to set up basically the same way around the country. If Donald Trump is going to win this, he's going to be activating a lot of voters that aren't showing up in polling for some reason. Right. Um, if that happens, you'll see it right away in these states. Uh, what should we look for in exit polls today early? Because well, remember, by 4 o'clock last in 2012, now we didn't say this, but by 4 o'clock in the afternoon in 2012, we, know, we knew who was going to win. Pretty sure. We didn't want to believe it. But we were pretty sure poll, because of the exit polling. Some exit polls leaked. However, exit polls leaked for Kerry in 2004, which showed him winning. So, I mean, exit no, poll. we didn't. It wasn't the leaked stuff that we saw. It was we saw internal stuff. Remember, we, we were we were tipped off. And yes. We were like, what? But yeah. we didn't believe it. Right, right, right. I, but I mean, you know, what I'm saying is those exit polls that were leaked were legitimate. They're just wrong. Exit polling is difficult to do. You're you're polling before, you know, polls are even closed. There's a lot of, uh, you know, messiness when it comes to that stuff. It's, of course, I'm going to sit here and obsess about it all day, uh, obviously. I can sit here and, and then stare at every one of them. But you have to take all of that with a big grain of salt. Um, so, I mean, I, I think if you see early on indications that Trump is doing a good job bringing out um, uh, white voters from, the, from uh, outside of the normal sort of Republican base, Voters who are, you know, blue collar Democrats. Yeah, there's a, yeah. you know, the one, there's one. I think in, you'll see that in Ohio. In Michigan, there's one county where everyone points to, which is the Reagan Democrat county. Macomb, I guess, I think it is. And they always say it's the Reagan Democrat. Every analyst says the same thing. That's the Reagan Democrat county. If you see that coming out and that's swinging towards uh, Trump heavily, you'll get an indication that he's actually activating those voters. And if he does that, he has a chance to win. Again, this early voting data just says if there are Republicans or Democrats that have come out, not if they're winning the vote. If every Democrat came out and voted for Trump, it would look the same way. So they're assuming that all the Democrats are coming out and voting for Clinton. Maybe they won't. Hold on just a second. I have Blake in Missouri who, who's just voted. He wants to tell us his vote. Go ahead, Blake. Yeah, Glenn, I know you guys are focusing on the election between Clinton and Trump, and that's all important, I guess, but... I think we really need to talk about what happened yesterday on the Pat and Stu show when oh, yeah. I had the honorable <laughs> pleasure of partaking <laughs> in the you. vote to put Hillary Clinton in the douche hall of fame. Thank wow. you. That's Thank incredibly you. Oh, you wow. did vote for Hillary Clinton. I, I want believe, all your friends to know that. Thank you. I Can't absolutely did vote for yeah. Hillary Clinton. And she made it. She made it into the douche hall of fame. To her credit, she what? got a surprisingly low 98%. Wow. Yeah. Surprising. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was I was disappointed. I was hoping for that one hundred percent, but yeah. just didn't our happen. models all showed ninety nine point two percent, and it just didn't Blake, happen. Blake, thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll see you tonight on the uh, on the uh, election coverage only on the Blaze TV and Blaze dot com slash TV. We'll see you then. Now this. 
Major bank is being criminally charged with identity theft for creating an estimated 2 million unauthorized accounts being used, uh, using customer data. This is amazing. These banks are out of control. No matter where you bank, make sure you keep a close watch on your personal and financial data, especially as things become more and more dicey. If you're a LifeLock member, you become a victim of identity theft, their U.S.-based team will work to resolve your case. Free credit monitoring will only detect the credit problems, but LifeLock detects them and then fixes the identity problem. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft and, and monitor all transactions, but with LifeLock, you have the best protection. Memberships start at $9.99 a month, plus the sales tax. All you have to do is go to LifeLock.com uh, or call 1-800-440-4936. Use the promo code BECK. You get 10% off your LifeLock Ultimate Plus membership. It's 800-440-4936. Visit LifeLock.com, 800-440-4936. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Stu's final board for the Electoral College uh, is being put together right now. Yes. And it is final 308 for Hillary Clinton and for Donald Trump. Why do you want Hillary to win? Why? Why do you want Hillary to win? Why? I knew it. I knew it. I knew you wanted Hillary to win. 200, Why? 230. Hillary. 308-230. Win. Why? Florida, I am oh, really hedging right. on, but it doesn't make a difference in the outcome. I, I had Florida on one column. I just moved it over it's right just, before we came back. It's just a matter of, is it it's still bigger win? Yeah, right. 230, uh, 278. Uh, right. It wouldn't make a difference. Uh, it really be, won't make a difference. But wow. We'll see tonight. It, we'll see. I mean, could I, wouldn't be blowout, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a blowout or if it was razor thin sharp. Either way, get out and vote. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.